Alright guys, today we get to you Karthik, a copywriter, uniqueness, positioning coach. We're going to walk through today how you could position yourself as an agent or as an investor and the value of that so that you can increase your business, obviously. So if you're looking to increase your business without having to increase a lot of cost to spend, this might be the episode for you. Uh, Karthik is the CEO of DYT Labs and the host of the Launchpad podcast. Karthik, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're so excited to have you. Take us into it. What are some things that people are doing really well in uniqueness and what are some things that people could be doing a lot better? Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, you know, uniqueness is a is an ocean, and I love that place. Uh, one of the things that I've seen, uh, one of the reasons why I've seen uniqueness is so important is uh, is purely because you are oftentimes found in a market that feels like it's already saturated, it's oversaturated. Sometimes you feel like there is there's just too many real estate agents. For example, since this podcast is about real estate agents, you tend to think that this place is not for me this is like there are sharks in this place and i just don't have a place to play right uh and 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 a great way to look at this is to step away from real estate and look at some real life examples and one of my favorite examples is uh since we are talking about real estate agents uh let's talk about shoes you wear shoes to work and uh let's say you want to buy a new pair of shoes uh, maybe it's your uh, million dollar client. I don't know what your first big client and you just want to make the right impressions. So you there are there are there are two things that you do, right? First, you make the decision to buy a shoe. And next, you go out, start looking for the place to buy the shoe. Now, there are so many different shoe stores out there, in, you know, some in different malls. You know, the question comes down to where do you go? So let's say there is a shoe store, maybe uh 10 miles down the road and there in, in, in a mall, there is one shoe store that caters to specifically real estate agents. Great. They made the decision for you, but let's say it's not there, right? I mean, they, they're all just shoe stores. There are no specific shoe stores for real estate agents. Then how do you go about making that decision? So the way you kind of go about making a decision in this case, now I'm still talking about not you, if you're listening to this, you are a real estate agent, but then I'm talking about this from your client's perspective, right? So they're looking, you you know, it's, 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 a, it's a role play. So they are right now, or you are right now looking for a store to buy a shoe. So the way you go about doing this is where do I go? So one of the ways that you go about making this choice is to say that I, I want to go to a place where, uh, where they sell a certain kind of a shoe, right? So there is a certain aperture that's being reduced or uh, there, there's a focus that's happening from the buyer's perspective. Now let's let's flip this around uh, and look at a real life example. Let's take that one of the one of my favorite examples when it comes to unique selling propositions or USPs or uniqueness, however you like to call it, or positioning. I think one of the biggest questions people have is uh, what's the difference between positioning and USPs? They're all the same. One of my favorite examples is uh, is that of Domino's pizzas. Now, Domino's has a great USP. Um, we all know this, right? You get a pizza, we, we deliver fresh, hot pizzas in 30 minutes or less, so it's free. Something along those lines. So if you really look at that uniqueness and start to go a little deeper into it and look at the different things going on in that uniqueness, there are, there are a couple of things at least that falls straight and, and, and clear. The first thing is they make a promise and the promise is very clear. We deliver fresh, hot, hot pizzas. Uh, you know, 
pay close attention to the fact that they're not talking about tasty pizzas. They're not talking about gourmet pizzas, nothing. Fresh, hot pizzas delivered to you in 30 minutes or less. And that, and then comes the second part, which is the, the 30 minutes part, right? It's believable in the sense when you get a pizza in 30 minutes or less, you believe that that promises, that uniqueness is true. So first is make a promise and second, make it believable. And that's why uh, the uniqueness of uh, Domino's pizza works really well. Now, let's take an example of another pizza vendor out there who's starting off today. And they choose to say that we deliver fresh hot spot pizzas in 30 minutes or less. Guess what? I'm going to think when I see something like that, well, that's Domino's. Because Domino's has now owned this uniqueness. I mean, it's very clear um, at this point that Domino's is the one that does something of that kind. But unless this new pizza vendor goes and chooses to take a slightly different stance, just right or left of that positioning, they probably go and say that we deliver gourmet pizzas in 30 minutes or less, which is perfectly fine, so long as they can keep that promise and um, make deliver on it. So these are the two things that at least uh, these are the two top elements that goes on well in, uh, in uniqueness that works. Um, obviously, when it comes to uniqueness that doesn't work, the, the biggest thing that uh, biggest reason why it doesn't work is because you're trying to be as unique as your competitor or someone else in the market or someone else in the market that your audience is familiar with. For example, if you're selling real estate, then there is probably somebody else which is a, which is a shoulder market to real estate and you're probably copying their positioning which you know there is a I, I made a word i used a word which is extremely important to focus on which is copying you don't want to copy somebody else you want to get inspired for from someone's unique positioning or uniqueness and use it in a way that works well for you because ultimately you should be able to deliver that so that's the first mistake that people make with the uniqueness. The second mistake that people tend to make with their uniqueness is, is trying to trying to sound really great, but something um, making a promise that they cannot deliver simply. I mean, it's the opposite of what uh, goes well, but I think they are the obvious two mistakes that people make. And the third, and, and if I have to pick a third one, in fact, that would be the first one is 80 or 90% of businesses don't have uniqueness. They just don't focus on the uniqueness. And it's just because of that one reason that they feel kind of overwhelmed or for that matter, uh, the other way around, their customers or clients aren't able to make a choice, even if their service or products are good. What are some ways, I mean, real estate can be a little bit interesting as far as creating uniquenesses because, I mean, you gave the Domino's example, obviously selling a house in 30 minutes is not possible. Um, you can do uh, unique positioning based on speed for sure. Um, the, the general one that I hear often is, you know, we sell pro homes for the in the fastest time for the most amount of money with the least amount of hassle. Like that's kind of the the one that everybody copies, so to speak. What are some off the top ideas you would think for a real estate agent or investor that they could use as far as unique positions that maybe people aren't thinking about? It's a great question, um, and I would go back to Domino's again, right? Domino's didn't pick the uniqueness just because they wanted to pick that uniqueness, right? There is a story behind Domino's and that's something that you can take to any niche and, and try to use it. And the story is simply this, when Dom the Domino's founders created Domino's, the challenge they had or the, the audience that they were trying to focus on 
was uh, were, were college kids in dorms. Uh, that that they were the target people, and these guys were or, or these people were high on on whatever, and uh, they just needed a lot of carbs to actually feel feel better. So they just were ordering junk food from everywhere and anywhere possible. And the first thing is the the the, the kind of chat challenges that these people their target audience had first they needed carbs second they were not in a mental state to drive or go somewhere to get that carbs right so they needed food delivered to them so the domino's founders were pretty smart enough to see this as an opportunity and say you know what we're going to send them pizzas and we're going to because they needed carbs really badly because apparently when you're high you need that really badly so the whole idea was to deliver carbs as soon as possible, but and they also needed it hot and uh, fresh. So that's why this whole positioning came in for Domino. So flip that and look at your market. For example, you are a real estate agent. Now, there are so many real estate agents out there, but then your market can be different. Uh, one is market can be differentiated based on geography. Maybe you're in Atlanta, you're in Seattle, two different markets, or you're in Florida, a whole different market. But your your goal in this case to, is to understand what your market is, who your customer is. Now, in these broader geographic markets, you can go down and start to look at really smaller segments of people looking for real estate. There are people probably moving into the states who are looking for new homes. There are probably people who are black who are looking for homes, who are white uh, looking for homes who have moved in, like let's say they have moved in from Italy and they're looking for homes just like the ones they had in back in their country, right? So there are different kinds of people looking for homes. Um, and one of the popular questions or, or beliefs that people tend to have is, as I make something and make a statement like that is, look, that's going to be a very small market, right? But then the whole point is this, that market is not being served by somebody, a, a dedicated person. Now, what are the benefits of doing something like this? Well, the first benefit is you become the only one serving Italians moving to Florida. So there's nobody else doing it. And by, by saying that, what you really are telling your Italian, future Italian clients is, look, I understand your needs better. I understand exactly where you come from. Look, I'm Italian, so I understand Italian. I know that uh, the places where you get good Italian neighbors, good Italian food, all of that, right? So... First is you show your authority. You know you know this better than nobody else. So uh, your biggest uniqueness at that point becomes, look, I'm better than, take the top, uh, Grant Cardone in, in that area and say, I am better than that guy because I understand exactly where you need to go. Now, let's say you want to get really, really uh, niche down and unique with your positioning. And you can go and say, look, I, I, just, I just cater to Italians moving to Florida and uh, Italians with families moving to Florida. In other words, uh, I'm not just an authority in terms of where Italians can find good good places to live, but I also am an authority in uh, in helping you find the right areas, the right neighborhood. For example, schools. Even if you're looking for public schools, then I can I know exactly the neighborhoods. And you know what? I can make some introductions to some of the neighbors and uh, schools as well. So you just move in like you never moved in at all, right? You just feel like you're an Italian. So. There is different ways of doing it, but the whole point is start focusing on a narrower niche as you look into the real estate market. It really doesn't matter which uh, I, I I can prove to you. I mean, if you if you got on a call with me and told me exactly what your uh, background is and what your uh, where you are as a real estate agent, 
I can find at least 10 different ways to, to make you really, really unique. And, and you just use, and beyond that point, all you need to do is only one thing, just call out your uniqueness. Because as you call out your uniqueness, those specific people are going to come towards you. I mean, in fact, you can even go to the extent of uh, advertising uh, outside of Florida and saying, hey, if you're an Italian, there are great places in Florida for you to buy a home or buy a home and rent it out. Because there are, I, I know people who want to rent homes from Italians, right? So I can go on and on about this, but that's the secret. Just focus on your target audience and try to, try to uh, be extremely picky as to who you work with. It gives you great advantage in terms of everything, right? And the pricing, positioning, uh, everything is uh, directly proportional to how deep you get. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for going into that. I will throw out a caveat for the audience. Obviously, um, you know, Karthik is more of a non-real estate copywriter. So one thing just to take it in mind is, uh, you know, be careful saying that you uh, focus on Italians because that might violate fair housing. I don't know that it would or not, but just be careful with that. But but take his point to heart, which is essentially just narrow down what the search is, right? Narrow down these elements. Um, and so uh, I appreciate that. So let's let's go into... Like I'll throw out some examples and maybe you can wrestle with these together, right? Like, so when I started my business, I focus on expired properties. These are properties that couldn't sell with another agent or uh, for sell by owners, which couldn't, or they don't even want to use another agent, right? Which, which essentially led me to focus on sales that were more challenging, either because the seller was um, needing a higher price than market could bear, or there was complexities, you know, the, the condition of the property sometimes is really bad, which is why they weren't selling. Would it be a good idea potentially to specialize in the complicated, right? Would that be a unique position that would be worth pursuing? Uh, it's a very interesting uh, question in the sense you're talking about, again, you're, you're talking about emotions, right? I mean, what do you mean by really complicated properties? I mean, properties that are, complication means emotion, right? Complication creates frustration. And these are what you really look for. Uh, you, know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a real estate guy, but I can tell you one thing. No matter what industry you're in, what niche you're in, uh, if you so long as you focus on emotions, I think you you're great with your uh, your your positioning because uh, again, Domino's done the same thing. It was emotions, and it's emotion everywhere. So so long as you pick that, and you can you can compound that with so many other elements like we discussed. It could be the the kind of people, the background, the um, yeah, definitely. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. 
As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. And so let's kind of explore this just so we can hopefully give a real working example to the audience. So, okay, so instead of saying complicated, which doesn't convey the emotion, you talk about the words frustrated or, or those types of things. So, right. Because that's essentially where these people are going to be, right? They're frustrated their house didn't sell. They're frustrated that, you know, these things are happening. So how, how would you, you know, I know this is completely off the cuff and this normally would take a lot of research and planning, but how would you off the cuff come up with maybe your positioning around people that are frustrated with what's happened so far in their process? Uh, can you explain the frustration a little bit more? So, so let's say you, you believed your house was going to sell and you put it on the house, you, you grabbed an agent, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's not, you put it on the market and three months later, six months later, nothing's happening. So then you decide, you know, what, I'm going to pull it off the market because it's not working. And then you try another agent and all of a sudden another six months goes by and, and nothing's happening. And at this point you're like, man, I, I need to sell three months ago, right? It, it's kind of impacting my life quite a bit. Um, but now you're like maybe a little bit traumatized, maybe a little bit nervous, you know, people had promised things and they couldn't deliver. And this is maybe the state you find yourself in, uh, how it's do you position that yourself uh, as an agent? Yeah, it, it's a great point. Uh, sorry to, um, button there, but I think that's good enough data to, to start make, making some moves in the sense. It's a great point to start. Uh, the reason I asked you what the frustration is, is because, you know, it's, it's very personal. In fact, uh, you know, it could be the frustration could be because they want to uh, maybe sell the property to because they're moving out of the country. Maybe it's a, it's something to do with the the general climate, the situation. Maybe uh, it's a recession happening and they just want to take as much as money as they can and put it in a place where they can access more. Right. That's one kind of reason behind the frustration. The other reason could be they have seen another property somewhere else. And they basically wanted to use this money to basically uh, invest in that new property. Now, there could be 10 different uh, reasons. One of the ways you, you want to kind of look at this now, again, I'm not a real estate agent. I don't, uh, if I knew the market a little more, I could probably talk to it. But then understand, imagine this. It's a recession time. And right now, people are talking about recession. And, uh, and maybe that's your market, right? I mean, that, that becomes your your uh, sample space, let me say, put it that way. What I really mean by that, it's a fancy term to say that this is the uh, set of people that I'm trying to focus on. But then let, let's imagine for a moment that we are talking about recession market and people are frustrated because they want to get rid of the properties and they want to put that money into more safer places where they can access. Now, that's the reason that they're frustrated. Then if that's the case, then you want to consider positioning yourself as somebody who can actually get you to do that, right? What I really mean by that is if you just say, and I'm going to be positioning myself as the real estate agent, uh, the only real estate agent that can get your cash freed up from locked in investments and, and help you put it into places that really can, you know, work great for you in a recession period. Now, there are a couple of ways you can go about doing this. One is, you can actually start to, of course, focus on those people alone. Uh, now, if you're putting up an ad and running ads, then you can focus only on those people. If your friend has reached out to you, great. Now you can start to help him or her do exactly that. 
But the other side of it is it also gives you a great way to access other markets. Like for example, if you have, if you know somebody who is actually good at um, taking money from real estate and putting it into more stable investments, then you can take, uh, let, let's say you're doing it online, you're running an online ad, running uh, Facebook ads maybe, then you can go to them and get their list and run ads against their list because their list is people who are trying to put money in safe places. So you can literally do partnerships with people that are that can be uh, you can make, make, basically you can try to make money both ways. One is to money make money by helping people get their money freed up, and then make money when they put in uh, that freed up money into a place that's more secure. So yeah, there are so many ways of go of going about doing this, but I think the key is here, however, to find out exactly why the, fr the frustration exists in the first place and what they really want to do ultimately, right? And ultimately your audience wants to do something. Maybe they want to uh, sell one of their investments and uh, fund their kids' education. Never know, if that's the case, then great. Maybe they are retired, they're like 60, 60 plus, and they want to sell something and uh, go on a backpacking tour around the world, great. Whatever it is, if you understand exactly why they're trying to get rid of this investment, then, then it makes it all the more easier for you to focus on being that guy who does exactly what they want. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So you, you mentioned uh, the partnerships. Kind of take us more into that. Look, I think partnerships is a great way to access markets that you don't have access to in the first place. I think um, one of the things that we always uh, tend to think about is uh, of, of when it comes to competition is anybody, you know, if you're a real estate agent, the other real estate agent is your competitor. Uh, frankly, there are more competitors than them, right? I mean, uh, sometimes the other real estate agent may not be a competitor depending on how you uh, niche yourself, but the competitors can be other people that are trying to act, that are trying to attract the same money from somebody. Let's say, someone has a uh, half a million dollars to invest in real estate, just an example. And you're a real estate agent and you know that these are some people, you know, 10 people with half a million dollars to invest and you go after them and say, hey, you know what? I'm the only guy who's trying to, uh, who can get you, uh, you know, a, a property worth your money. Now, what you tend to think is I need to now beat uh, the other guy who's trying to sell real estate for people, but frankly, people are not. Uh, when you, when you flip this whole thing and look from your target um, customer's perspective, they're not just thinking about putting putting their money into real estate. They are also parallelly dabbling with this idea of using the money to maybe, like I said, you know, go on a backpacking tour or uh, invest in maybe uh, in other kinds of disposable assets or something else. So your competition necessarily is not just other real estate agents but also other places. For example, it could be uh, uh, around the world uh, tour on a cruise ship or uh, backpacking holiday operators, or I don't know if they, their operators doing that, but then, uh, or maybe uh, people who are selling, uh, you know, investments into assets, uh, other kinds of investments, right? So everybody's a competitor. So when you look at this um, from that perspective, you start to see competition on one side, the other side, you also start to see people that you can partner with. Now, what I mean by partner is 
uh, is essentially friends. I mean, uh, allies in the business. So both of you are are serving the same or not necessarily the same. There is an overlap happening and there is a great way for you to leverage each other to sell your own services or products that you have, right? So uh, a good example, what I told, uh, what I referred to is, is, is an example, of course, but a good example is when it comes to, let's say, a Dom- Domino's Pizza, we keep going back to the pizza guy. But I think if you go to, go back to Domino's Pizza, a good, um, a good partner for Domino's Pizza would be Coke. Like Coke, and, and that's the reason Coke, uh, you, you get Coke uh, when you buy a pizza, right? That's a free thing. But the whole idea here is they are partnering behind the scenes. Um, there is a certain sign of uh, kind of monetary agreement between the two that when you sell a pizza, you also give a free Coke, which also gets people to buy more Coke. So in that case, it's, it's a very uh, small partnership, which is more aligned to creating brand awareness or staying top of mind. But if you look at more uh, established businesses, like for example, if you let's say, um, but if you're a real estate agent, a good person for you to partner with would be other people who are uh, offering some sort of investment advice, right? I mean, there are people, so many people who are uh, investment or financial um, agents, and there are people who are also managing uh, finances for uh, for really wealthy people. Now, these are great partners for you. And, uh, and a great, the reason they are great partners is because they are you, you both are looking at similar audiences, one. Two, you are also having uh, interest in each other's audience. Like, for example, if I have 100 people in my list and you have 100 people in your list, you are the, the, the best investment advisor in Florida and I'm the best real estate agent in Florida. Both cater to a similar market. I think you and I can be great friends and great business partners because... I, I don't mean to say run the same business, but I think we can profit from the share, sharing our audiences with each other. Yeah. So how do you think about like, because I mean, you write direct response copy and you focus on uniqueness and positioning. How do you determine when something is done from a direct response and from a positioning standpoint? Like, yeah, because obviously we don't want to let perfection get in the way of us actually doing something. And yet like there is a certain level of completion that's probably necessary to actually get it yield a result. Right. Um, there is never something called as done. I don't believe there is something called as done. You're never done. Your uniqueness is never done. Um, and a good example here is again, um, I, I hate to be doing this uh, because you, you asked me a specific question, but I'll, I'll give you an example and then go back to the specific question. Right. Let's take Coca-Cola. Right, Coca-Cola today is uh, their uniqueness or their positioning is, I believe, something along, along the lines of spreading happiness or something like that, right? So I, I don't remember exactly what it is today, but then it's never been the same through the years. They've been a company that's been around for, I think, two centuries. So uh, it's been it's a pretty old company and the company has gone through different, it's kind of uh, gone through its own evolution path. So uh, in the beginning, for example, during the World War, their positioning was not at all happiness. They were all about national nationalism, right? They were basically uh, focused on saying, we are the American drink. You drink this to remember your homeland. That's how they sold themselves. Uh, and their market was uh, all the soldiers that were fighting wars in different parts of Europe, in uh, South America and all those places. And they had only one clear directive, go and get this uh, you know, get these crates of Coca-Cola bottles 
to all these soldiers so they remember home. And that was one of their greatest positioning at that point. And it would not work now. Obviously, it didn't work even uh, as soon as the World War got over because as soon as the World War got over, they had to now focus on other things. So the positioning kept changing. And it's a great thing to actually look at how they change the positions over the, over the years. So back to your question, how do you know you're done when it comes to um, your positioning, uniqueness, uh, how you want to call it, or uh, when you use it in your copy, is it done? Or when is it done? Well, the way I look at it is it's done when, you, when you're happy with what it's done for your business. For example, if you have a, a quarterly target or, or annual targets, has your uniqueness helped you get the right kind of people so you can put in the kind of work that you intend to put? For example, let's say you are a real estate agent and you chose this because you just want to make a couple of deals every quarter and like enjoy like vacation with your family. Let's say that's your goal. If that's your goal, then if this uniqueness has been able to get you that kind of couple of clients and have those uh, vacations that you intend to have, great, it's working for you. But then if you're the guy who or a girl, I'm just using guy here for everybody, but I think if you're someone who is having bigger targets, you're like, I want to be like Grant Cardone, then then probably you need to reset your uh, expectations from the uniqueness. Uh, in fact, just uniqueness is not going to help you do that. You've got to play around with a bunch of other elements that's going to help you get into that level of business. So I guess my answer to your question is very simple. You are done when you think you're done. Uh, you're done when you think your goals are met. If your goals are not met, you're not done. And uniqueness is not a one pill solution that you can like take and like you're off to the races. There are so many other things, including your offer, including uh, your relationship, your legion. You talked about that in the beginning, your legion, so many other things in your, the way you define your market. We talked about niching. So uh, it all depends on how well you play all these different elements um, that, that eventually comes down to helping you meet your results. And results are very, very, very personal for each one of us. So if your results, uh, like I said, is, um, is to take a vacation every quarter with a couple of uh, clients and uh, yeah, uh, I think that's, you're done. You're off to the uh, vacation. What is your vision for your life and business next 12 to 18 months? Well, um, my, my, my goals are a couple. First is, you know, the, the first thing is to, there is a financial goal. That's one to, uh, to basically take the, I'm, I'm a one person company and I'm a freelance response copywriter. And my goal is to get, get the business to, uh, you know, $50,000. Um, but that's the financial side of it, right? But then the way I look at my goals is, is apart from finance, in fact, the more important part is to look at how do I want my life structure? This is exactly what I was telling with, uh, you know, with my earlier example. How much of time do you really want to put into work and how much of time do you want to be traveling? So one of the goals that I've set for myself in the next 12 months is to travel a lot, is to uh, go around the world, go, just go around the world meeting people. So my goal is to basically uh, do that. And in doing that, everything else that I'm doing right now is aligned to that, including writing a book to a bunch of uh, workshops that I'm planning out uh, in different parts of the world. So yeah, that's that's my goal. There is a membership that I'm launching. So everything, right? I mean, the way 
the way I have started to look at my business at this point is more is moving out of being transactional, out of being you know doing just client work, which is something I've done uh, a, a while now. My goal is to take it more, um, have a more recurring revenue bit that keeps coming in. So there is there is a membership that I'm launching in the book. Uh, which helps me uh, get a ticket to travel the world. So I think that's my goal at this point. Um, yeah, um, we're excited to and, and looking forward to what's what's waiting to happen. Love it. Karthik, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your life and your business and positioning and all these things we talked about today. For those of you out there listening, write down something you learned from today's show. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you. Bye. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 